Welcome to another episode of the Deborah Health Report, where we dive into current health and medical topics to keep the Delaware Valley informed and updated. Last month, we spoke with Deborah Interventional Cardiologist Dr. Vincent Varghese about the symptoms and risk factors for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. This month, we talk with pediatric cardiologist Dr. Kara Garofalo about what else parents and caregivers need to know about COVID-19 and kids' hearts as families send their youngest members back to the classroom. Here's Rasa Kay. I'm Rasa Kay, and I'm talking with Dr. Kara Garofalo. She's a pediatric cardiologist at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in the heart of New Jersey. And we're talking about COVID-19's impact on the heart in kids and teens and what we know at this point. So does COVID affect children with the same incidence rate as adults? The incidence in children is lower than the incidence in adults. It has definitely changed over time. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, childhood cases represented only 2% of total cases. About six months in, that number was about 10%. And now, um, looking at cumulative numbers, the um, incidence about 14.4% of total cases. Being infected with COVID, how does it affect a child's heart? Does it cause any kind of damage? There is potential for cardiac involvement in children, um, and this can take a few different forms. Um, There's a complication of COVID infection called MIS-C, or multi-inflammatory syndrome in children, which generally occurs several weeks after the acute infection and can present with decreased function of the heart muscle, in some cases, involvement of the coronary arteries and um, a shock-like picture and uh, effects on other organ systems as well. There are also cases of heart muscle inflammation secondary to the virus or um, immune response to the virus itself outside of MIS-C. There are also potential effects on the autonomic nervous system, which is the part of the nervous system that controls heart rate and blood pressure responses. So certainly COVID can can affect the heart in different ways in adults, and uh, we need to be mindful of it for children. For a child with an underlying heart condition, uh, this has got to be really an alarming situation if they are infected with COVID-19. So it really depends on the underlying heart condition and the severity of the condition and how that condition affects how that child's heart muscle pumps and how both the circulation to the body and the lungs are handled. Some of these children with severe conditions have a very delicate balance that they're maintaining and something like an infection like COVID can really tip that balance and they would be at risk for more severe infection. The graphs seem to be showing the the lines just climbing for every population. So children included? Children included, um, especially with the Delta variant now being um, more contagious than prior variants, and also with children representing a large portion of the unvaccinated population. More children are hospitalized now in proportion to the number of children infected. We don't know yet if Delta has more severe effects than prior variants. I've been seeing that other respiratory infections that uh, had been suppressed because of all the mask wearing and the separation are now kind of coming back. Are these also cardiac concerns in a child? The one that's being reported now is RSV or respiratory syncytial virus that usually peaks in the wintertime, fall, winter onset. So it's an unusual early emergence right now. And there is concern about possible co-infection 
um, in children having both RSV and coronavirus. And there are lots of kids hospitalized right now with RSV, just as there are with coronavirus. The comorbidities that make adults more prone to severe COVID infection, are those comorbidities similar for kids, kids who, who are, are obese or sedentary and, and may have, you know, other physical stressors on them? Is, are they at more risk the way adults can be at more risk? Uh, they are, actually. Um, some chronic conditions, including diabetes, hypertension, obesity, can predispose children to more severe infection. All right, so getting back to Miss C., And this very alarming presentation, because you think, you know, if your kid was unlucky enough to develop COVID-19 and and even a mild case, then weeks down the line, you think everything's fine and everything goes sideways. How does Miss C present and and how does it sort of lurk for weeks before it it lays a kid low? It's understood as a post-viral heightened inflammatory response, and that explains the delay in symptoms. There are children who have a MIS-C-like presentation and are found to have acute COVID infection. Symptoms can include abdominal pain, um, rapid heart rate, rapid breathing, breathing difficulty, and uh, again, a shock-like picture or really collapse, which is frightening. Most of these children are hospitalized. Even those with initially milder symptoms are most often hospitalized because of concern. It evolves into a more severe condition. Have there been complications of COVID infection in young athletes, the kids we think are, you know, the the most fit, the most resistant to infections of all kinds? There have, and this was a surprising um, finding that came from studies of college athletes. A group of colleges systematically evaluated about 1,600 athletes um, with documented COVID infection. And the evaluation included um, electrocardiograms, echocardiograms, blood tests looking at heart muscle enzymes, and cardiac MRIs looking in more detail at the heart muscle. And they found evidence on cardiac MRI of heart muscle inflammation, even in some athletes with mild infection, and very few with asymptomatic infection. So that really prompted close thought about return to play in athletes who've had COVID and what screening process they should go through. Do they need a cardiac clearance after the infection is cleared? Or how do we approach that? We've got all the school sports ramping up. Right. So there's a um, detailed risk stratification process that was set forth by the American College of Cardiology. It looks at risk based on the severity of infection, so breaking it down into mild, moderate, or severe COVID infection. Um, And part of that relates to the specific symptoms, the duration of symptoms, and whether or not symptoms completely resolve, and also presence of cardiac symptoms during COVID infection or new onset cardiac symptoms after COVID infection. If your child comes down with COVID and tests positive and has some case, if it's not a hospitalization-worthy case, even though COVID can really lay you low even dealing with it at home, you would deal with their own pediatrician or their your, your GP At what point does a cardiologist get involved in a pediatric COVID case? So a pediatric cardiologist gets involved if there are cardiac-related symptoms. We also get involved 
an um, evaluation of athletes with moderate or severe infection, evaluating them for return to play. We also see our patients with significant underlying heart disease who've had COVID, regardless of the degree of symptoms, I like to see them in the office. You as a pediatric cardiologist, what has surprised you about this whole COVID journey we've we've had with kids? And at the very beginning, we, we really did think that kids were relatively spared. We had a lot of questions about how children with underlying heart conditions would handle it. We knew that adults hospitalized with COVID had significant cardiac risk, but we didn't know early on what that would look like in children. Miss C was certainly one of the surprises. We had a kind of a model to look back on in Kawasaki disease. There's some overlap and some stark differences, but it helped inform approach to Miss C and treating it as an immune, an exaggerated immune response. The occurrence of myocarditis in mildly symptomatic athletes was another important point and one that was taken seriously because we know that myocarditis is a, outside of COVID, myocarditis is an important cause of sudden cardiac arrest on the field in athletes. Um, So knowing who to screen, how to screen, and how to allow return to play was an important milestone. How can parents help minimize the risk of COVID for kids and teens. I mean, really, what do you want all your kids and their families to be doing to stay safe? Ideally, um, continuation of the mitigation efforts that have been going on. So social distancing, mask wearing, especially with the Delta variant now, and the inability to have young children immunized. Um, Awareness of what's going on in their community in terms of COVID incidents. Vaccination on those eligible and um, or the adolescents who are eligible and their adult family members. So let's talk about vaccines. The data is being crunched for Pfizer, and we could see something approved for kids under, under age 12 at some point. Right now, the Pfizer mRNA vaccine is the only vaccine that's authorized by emergency use authorization by the FDA for children 12 and up. The Pfizer vaccine is currently undergoing evaluation for safety and efficacy in the younger age groups, which have been divided into age subgroups. What do we have to consider when when we're testing it for age groups? So the dose for the 12 to 18-year-old group was not adjusted. It's not a lower dose than the adult dose. Most children tolerate the vaccine well. The most common side effects are irritation at the site, some fatigue, maybe some fever, headache, things like that. There have been cases of myocarditis temporally related to the vaccine reported, however, and that's been a concern which has been closely evaluated by the CDC. Let's talk about that myocarditis incidence in young people getting the COVID vaccine. Right. So it's a a relatively rare complication. Um, It's been reported most often in young men, as we said, after the second dose, most commonly. When I heard about this as a pediatric cardiologist, I did take a step back and wanted to see the information and the outcomes of these cases and how many cases there were. And 
how these young men were doing. The CDC did review all of the cases carefully in June and ultimately presented a a detailed risk-benefit analysis looking at the incidence of myocarditis after the vaccine versus the incidence of hospitalization and severe COVID in children and the number of hospitalizations and severe cases that could be prevented by the vaccine versus the incidence of myocarditis. And with that information, we have been better able to talk families through any concerns about that and going forward with the decision to have their children vaccinated. COVID infection itself, there's a risk of myocarditis and Miss C with cardiac involvement. It's really almost like a vanishingly small number of, of people actually have this myocarditis from a vaccine, correct? Right. It's reported at about 46 cases per million doses, second doses. If you've taken your athlete or, or your healthy teenager to get, get the shot, how would you even know there was myocarditis going on? So the most common symptoms that adolescents have presented with have been chest pain and a feeling of palpitations or heart racing or skipping. Usually within four or five days of receiving the vaccine, it's most often after the second vaccine. There have been some cases after the first vaccine, um, more so in individuals who had prior COVID infection. Okay, so whether you're an adult or you're a kid after your second COVID shot, you start having those reactions, you got to go get it checked out no matter what. The Delta variant, how does that present differently in a kid that makes parents even more nervous now? So the reports that there's less less common incidence of cough with it. Some of the symptoms have been abdominal complaints, fever, runny nose, sore throat. It's so not well understood yet in adults, but we do know that the long COVID is a possibility for children too. What might that be like for children? Does it present differently than what we understand for adults? I mean, how might a child or a teen experience long COVID or what we're calling long COVID, long haul symptoms? Some of the symptoms that have been reported have been um, ongoing fatigue, some cognitive changes, some with cardiac related symptoms, including fast heart rates, difficulty tolerating being upright, a condition called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Um, There have been case reports. There's a lot of focus on long COVID now and efforts to come up with case definitions and criteria for making that diagnosis and clarifying what treatments are best. And these might include exercise and physical therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, some sleep modifications for children who's who are having effects on their their sleep cycle, and medications targeted at specific symptoms. Is there any sense that kids bounce back faster from the long-haul symptoms that they may be shorter-lived in kids, or do we just not know yet? I don't have a sense that we really know that yet. That was pediatric cardiologist Dr. Kara Garofalo of Deborah Heart and Lung Center. DemandDeborah.org. That is your go-to for information and resources on matters of the heart, your heart health. And you can join us for another podcast the first Wednesday of the month. I'm Rasa Kay. You can always listen to all of the informative Deborah Doctor interviews at DeborahHealthReport.com. Schedule an appointment at DemandDeborah.org.